1: Here in Luke chapter 7, Jesus is anointed by a sinful woman. The significance of this anointing, and why Luke includes it in his gospel, is what we're looking at next. Hi there, and again welcome. This is the ministry known as Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and Pastor Emeritus, Phil Howard. We began yesterday a series called The Parables of Luke. We'll go back into Chapter 7 today looking at verses 36 through 50 and the anointing by a sinful woman. That is what's on tap today. Join us with this edition of Truth For Today. Once again, here's Pastor Phil
2: Those who see themselves as not as great sinners, no matter who they are, no matter how many sins they were. A small view of the sins you've done is a small view of the Christ that forgave you. You don't think much of the money lender because he didn't have much to forgive. You know what? If I owned, oh, just 50 days worth of wages and my house was on the block and you forgave me the 50 days, friend, that is great. I'd be kissing his feet with everything I had. But imagine, it doesn't matter. Put it on up as much as you want. Let me say this to you, Simon. I don't get anything from the unforgiven. I don't get anything from the self-righteous. I don't get anything from your religious group. They're wanting to stone me and they will have a part in killing me. I came to seek and to save fallen men and women just like this woman. And the forgiveness I offer will turn her into a lover forever. A good question to ask yourself. Have I ever been at his feet in adoration? For forgiving me, for changing me. Uh, Let me say some things. Forgiveness gives birth to... You never can love God until you come to God to forgive you. And you know why some of you can't sing a song? You've never been forgiven. You're still in your sins. That's why, let me tell you, the true saints of God in this building... uh, I I hear this once in a while... uh, Oh, I, I would never want to cry in a service. Why? Well, we got people around that don't do anything. Well, we got people around us going to hell during the service. Or searching. Or, or, or in, in process. They haven't got there yet. Don't let the unforgiven keep you from doing your weeping and kissing his feet. The woman never did consult Simon, what he was doing. She said, okay. Oh, pfft. Get out it. And it's Simon's house. It's Simon's house. I came because this man, I met him before, and I was fallen and ruined, and nobody in this town would let me in their house. But I finally met a man that didn't want me for a night, but would keep me for eternity. I met a man that didn't want me to charge him anything. He said, I'll pick up all expenses for you to go to heaven. And I won't use you for a night. I'm going to love you forever. I want to forgive you of everything you've ever done wrong. I'm the only man in town that can forgive you. And this woman says, oh, I'm not looking who's around this table. I'm not impressed with the menu. And I'm not letting this self-righteous Pharisee determine my worship for this man. The only man that ever forgave me of all my sins. Let me tell you, once you get forgiven, you'll get your mind on worshiping and adoring him. And let people sleep in church talking to you church, slap hands in church, be lukewarm, be dead. I'm not letting that crowd determine how I respond to Jesus. I've been forgiven. And I'm going to kiss his feet. I'm going to weep. I'm going to do just whatever I feel like doing. And you can get over it. Because you need to be saved. When you get saved, you don't want to kiss his feet. Huh? I don't care if you've been forgiven 50 or 500. The crowd at his feet The crowd at his feet. The folks that are pouring out their offerings on him. Pouring out. You know, you get on. We're through the stewardship program, so ride slow. This is a little application. You get those who always whine about giving. You know why? They've never known what they've been given. They've never been forgiven. When you've been forgiven, you mean, Lord, you want an offering? Well, what can I get to it? You want my body? Because of your mercies, I'll lay everything at your feet. Hey. It becomes a romance, not a rut, not a routine, not a ritual. I'm in love at the feet of him that forgave me everything I ever did wrong. Yeah, you can clap for that. You can't. You're probably not saved. Yeah. The church, we think just because people are in this building, they're going to heaven. No, we want you to go to heaven. But I don't come in this building. Sometimes people have told me, "Don't want to act that way." The mayor might might be here. Oh my lands! I tell you, who's here is God. I'm acting this way because God's here. I'm here to worship God, not to impress the mayor. The mayor needs Jesus, just like the folks in this city, right? Oh, I'm feeling a little bit coming back. (laughs) Telling you because you kind of you look at these weird people that I know him, but. You seem to be fanatical about him. You just seem, I don't have your brand. No, there's only one brand. There's only one brand. The kind where you're overwhelmed that he forgave you. And when he forgives you, the only response you can give to the moneylender who canceled all the debt is you fall in love with him. And I, isn't that true of all of you? Now, now, just think of when you came to Christ. Who were you sleeping with? Who were you stealing from? Who were you beating? What did you do three days before you got saved? How much bad language? What were you doing when God found you? Yeah, I tell you, you weren't heading towards heaven. You are on your way to hell with all the obstinates of the human heart. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you're saved. You accept Christ. And now... I begin to love the things I hated. I said, I said this as a young man. What do teenagers do that become Christians? I mean, this crowd, my folks go to church. They sing a lot. I like that. Uh, if they're anything like my sister, they pray a lot. They talk about fasting. Ooh, that's just what I want to do, fast. What, what, I just grabs you, you know. I get to fast. What do you mean? I want to eat fast. I'm not talking about fasting. Uh, revivals. Revi- you mean church every night? Man, you mean every night you hear you're going to hell? In our, our circles. People got saved that I read with. They told them a lot about hell. Today we just pamper a lot. You don't want to offend them. But man, they first offended you, then hoped you got saved. You're going to hell, boy. Oh, thanks. I came to hear that. Well, I just want you guys to know. I want to tell you the truth. I didn't know what it was to be pampered, but I kept on thinking there was nothing in church for me—nothing, nothing, boredom. And then one Tuesday night, I get saved. My sins are all forgiven, and all of a sudden, I can't wait to go to church. Isn't that weird? I just, I want to go to church. Just like I took a course on how to love church. And, and you know, Jim and I grew up with them. Let's see, go to church. This is how we went to church. Now, this is as the earth's crust was hardening back in 58. You know, these are, this is ancient history for some of you. So, just take the journey. By George, I've earned it. You live long enough, you can tell ancient history. Uh, I, let's see, I found in this church... Uh, We went to church on Sunday morning, and then we went Sunday night. And Sunday night, we started at 7, and we ended whenever we turned out the lights. Some nights, 11, some nights. But our people just, they all belonged to country clubs and slept around on Monday anyway. So, you know. My dad worked for Biggie Crane and Rigging, climbed steel all day. I mean, these were just poor folks' church. There wasn't a person in there that made hardly any money. I, and I just wonder where we got the strength. But I don't know. We were Okies and Arkies. And, you know, you have extra kind of body. And those black folks, you know, we can stay in church. White folks, they get tired about an hour. But, but we stay all day. All day. And then on Monday night, guess what we get to do? Twice a month. There's about eight or nine churches in Contra Costa. We all came together on Monday nights for what we call fellowship meetings. And sometimes it'd be the youth would be featured. Other times just another poor tired pastor would be preaching. But we get to go on Monday nights. Good. Tuesday night was Bible study night. Go. I'm 14. I'm too tired to sin. I'm in church too much. Uh, Wednesday night, as I got older, I'd visit a church that had a youth group in our, uh, San Pablo on Wednesday night, but our youth meeting was Thursday night. And then we went into what we call 13 week revivals four weeks, two weeks. That meant you went every night. And they took offerings at those meetings. You would always get a $10 bill broken into 10 ones, so you'd give in every offering. Isn't it crazy? Did you know there's thousands of people that grew up? The, they could not get enough God once they met him. And, you know, all last year I keep waiting whether we keep on Sunday nights. We may, we may not. But, you know, I just decided if 80% want to stay home, maybe I'll stay home. I, I'll go to church. I'll preach somewhere. I ain't, you won't determine whether I go Sunday night. I'll find some folks desperate enough to have me. I'll go preach probably at least twice a month. Because I'm just kind of addicted to it. But I, get, I don't get tired. Never. Especially with diabetes. I don't ever get tired. My problem is, if I can get lukewarm enough, I'll justify cutting everything. Because it's easy. I've never known when we've been worse off. There's more sin, more unwanted pregnancies, as much racism as there ever was in the 50s. Is not going away. More killings going on in Richmond where I grew up than ever. There'll be at least 40 to 45 killed this year. Oakland, they're killing them. Uh, all the culture is talking about is money, and we're divorcing left and right, and our kids are thrown up to, to the dogs. People are going to hell more than ever. And I wouldn't offer you a prayer meeting because you wouldn't come. You wouldn't come. You don't, you don't believe in it. You, don't, you just can't make joint prayer meetings. That's not biblical enough for you. You're just too lazy. You just aren't forgiven enough. See, you almost you know in the church there's different brands of people. Maybe I'm the 500 denarii. So be it. I feel that way. Gratitude comes from those who know that you are a wretch through and through in debt to the bank of heaven... And there's not a thing you could do in a thousand years to eliminate the debt unless God has grace and mercy on you. Now, our gospel says he does. I would say three things about this woman. Three new things she got. Is said, I must close so you can rush out. Three things. She got a new freedom. She got a freedom this time to love a man. Without sex in the equation. She could love the man because he won't ever use her. He won't ever abuse her. He didn't want her body, he wanted to save her soul for eternity. He wasn't wanting her to put out, he was there to tell her, I'm gonna die for you. They say that most prostitutes, David Rubin said, enter the trade because they hate men. And they figure we hate men enough to charge them for what we would freely give if we ever found one we loved. But in the meantime, we hate you enough to charge you. No more charging from this girl because she found a man that picked up all her charges and paid all of her sins. A new love from working the night shift every day in a place where she could be stoned and selling her body And having to please the varied passage of men, she found the love of her life, a forgiven sinner who can from now on love at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you. Thank you for having me. A new piece. James Denny writes, Apparently she was a sinner in the city, one of that unhappy class who walked the streets and lived by sin. There are none in the world more friendless, none from whom the passers by more instinctively turn aside, none whom ordinary society would so be so determined not to receive. Jesus did not shrink from the sinful woman. He received her. He took her part against the Pharisee. And as she went, she knew that friendless as she had been before she before she had met Jesus. Of all things, God had become her friend. When you pay a prostitute, you hope she doesn't notify anybody you know. It's so shameful. And when you are the prostitute, you hope to never see your customer again. It's just business. But now this woman met someone that says... I will own you in front of this self-righteous Pharisee, this religious community leader. I will defend you. You will not have to defend yourself. I have forgiven her. You know her as she was. I know her as what she has become. And all of us have been sinners in great ways and attitudes. Maybe we haven't done the same extent. We haven't done the 500 days worth. Maybe just a 50-day sinner. No matter, no matter the size of the debt, just to have it washed away by this God-man will put you at his feet the rest of your life, pouring out devotion and holy abandonment towards the only man that could pay up the debt of your sin. I think, I must close, I think of a, a preacher He and his wife had two children. And uh, he came home one day and she left him a a note. She said, I'm tired of being a preacher's wife. I've just hired out at the local temple brothel. And I won't be taking care of the children. I left some food on the table, but I won't be home. Sorry, we couldn't make it. I decided to join the Baal cult. And the Baal cult had a wanted sign, more women to be the prostitute for Baal. And what they did, of course, at Baal, is you would go to worship Baal, but they offered sex at the front door and made it a religious uh, experience, so they upped the ante. You know, uh, those driven that way sure wanted to join this cult. They joined it, they'd get sex, there'd be a meal, And uh, so the preacher lost his wife. As he went to God with his tears, God said to him something. They're auctioning your wife off. She's worn herself out in the trade. I want you to go buy her back, get her a new wardrobe, bring her home, and introduce her to the children. And let her resume being Mrs. Hosea. And Hosea chapters 1 through 3 tells about a prophet who lost his wife to whoredoms, idolatry, Baal. And he goes down there. She should have been stoned. If we had the prophet's club meet, they would have already stoned her. And they had a special way. Let the first skull The first stone hit the skull right here. It could put her out of her agony agony quick. And the offended husband could throw it first. Just pick it up. Five pounds. Boom! Pass out her brains. That's what you get for being unfaithful to a man of God. You whore! God says, there be no such stoning, Hosea. You will go down and you will buy her. And you will wrap her. She, her garments are ragged you wrap a robe around her get her home and introduce her to those children again said this is your mother who has sinned who has gone away who has been purchased who's been brought home and who has been forgiven then he says then I want you to go tell Israel Israel you have played the whore with the nations you're sleeping with everybody but your God." But I'm going to send a Redeemer to buy you back from the nations. His name will be Messiah. And he will bear the shame of all your unfaithful love and your despising your husband Jehovah. And when we show up with Jesus, he's saying, I've come to buy a world back that betrayed the arms of God, but he wants to forgive you a debt bigger than you'll ever be able to pay. (laughs) And uh, forever... Put you at his feet. And when you see the saints in Revelation 4 and 5, you know where they are? At his feet forever, singing, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb who bought us, who forgave us, and have given us the privilege to kiss his feet for eternity. Do you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, or have you become so lukewarm like Laodicea You've fallen in love with something cheaper than Jesus. Stuff, things, your schedule. All he wants out of his church, believe me, we've complicated it. All Jesus wants is a bunch of forgiven sinners at his feet saying, Thank you. I love you for loving me and forgiving me. We're all the debtor. We all owe a certain amount. He's the great money lender who picked up all the charges and paid them. That's why I love him so. Once he forgave me, I found from that Tuesday night on this strange, strange emotion. I weep. I break. I grew up with people that wept at his feet. I've never enjoyed the conservatives who've been taught emotion is weakness, you're disgusting. Any emotion. You should love him with all your heart, your mind. Conservatives like to think they are the mind church. No, many times you're the heartless church. If it doesn't move all of your being, just say, thank you, I love you for forgiveness. Abandon yourself to this man. You'll never love him too much. Love him while you have breath. Do you remember the song? I wonder if you could sing an a cappella with me. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. That's, there's a stanza that says nothing in my hand to thee I bring simply to the cross I cling o Lamb. that whole song what it's about is I offer nothing towards my own debt reduction I'm bankrupt you've got to throw me in a poor man's prison forever but I come just like I am ruined, fallen, stained soil I come and that's the only way you told me to come just as you are
1: That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and, and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there. Besides our podcasts, you'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully, whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers? It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.